Hello, everyone. Hope you've enjoyed the broadcast here. We're on like day five of our interviews with uh, all the artists and the people that are making things for the Negro League Baseball Museum. Uh, the fundraiser is going pretty well. Everyone's got a, a nice preview. I'm Jason Durr. I'm one of the hosts of Ball Caps and Bagpipes. Uh, usually it's a Scottish baseball uh, podcast, but uh, we're, we're being the host of this event. Uh, I want to introduce my partner, John, here. Hi guys, uh, I'm John McKellar, the other half of Ball Caps and Bagpipes, Glasgow Comet baseball player. Uh, happy to be uh, here doing this again one more time. Well, cool. And our guest tonight, well, we, we lost the, the guest earlier. We don't know what happened, never showed. But we do have Mark, and I, I'm, I'm going to butcher your surname here, Mark, so you don't have to pronounce it for me, but Mark from Collage Baseball. Giorgione. It's, it's Giorgione, yeah. You can Easy. say Giorgione. But it's... In in the in the Italian in the old country you say Giorgione. <laughs> Giorgione. But it, but but everybody. Giorgione. 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 Macaroni. Spaghetti. Giorgione. Ravioli. <laughs> so I'll just you know it's okay. So yeah. So now we just found out you just moved from LA to yeah. Florida. So what? What was behind the move in Florida? Just more opportunities, or I'm in the I'm in the uh, fine art business. I sell contemporary painting, photography, sculpture, and there was an opportunity out here that I took a job for, and um, it's just better for me. Um, it's just you know, I mean, I'm right by. I mean, I was up by the beach in L.A., but uh, it's just a little more accessible. It's a little slower pace. It's not as expensive just needed to change. I've been in LA for 20 years. So um, it's been a good move. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You, you, yeah. You've done your time in LA. You've survived. You know, Pretty you much. don't have to deal with the traffic yeah. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy timing. We got here in March just before COVID really reared its ugly head. And how are things over in Florida anyways? Like we only hear the horror stories about Florida, man. I know. So Florida gets such a bad rap. There's a lot of decent people here you, more than you would think. I mean, there's your good fare of uh, some knobheads, but you know, there's knobheads everywhere. So um, um, it's good. It's really good. You know, it's a Delray Beach is a nice little community and um, um, I just love it. It's easy. I can ride my bike to work, walk. There's coffee shops everywhere. There's little boutiques and restaurants and galleries and stuff. It's awesome. So it's really accessible and easy. Yeah. So the, how do you find a baseball team to play in? Obviously with COVID, you couldn't play. Yeah, so no. We chatted, we chatted baseball. <laughs> yeah, I had such a blast. I had like a midlife crisis last year and I joined a baseball team, an adult baseball league, and there I was like, wasn't the oldest guy out there, but I was, you know, an old, one of the older guys out there. And I, I actually did okay. I actually hung in there and and uh, did okay. I played outfield and and got my fix of baseball. I wanted to compete, feel how, that, how to feel that competitive drive of standing in the box and maybe getting smacked in the, in the smacked with a baseball. I never got hit. <laughs> But, uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I can totally know what you mean. Like, I, I went eight years before I came over to Scotland, and then they found it was baseball here, and there was just a competitive juices just kicked in again. And you're like, oh, yeah. I forgot what it I was mean, like to be on the mound, and, you know, swing yeah. the stick. And all that. You know what I wanted out of it, out of any of it, besides like 
actually playing, I wanted to be able to just put on a baseball uniform and spit seeds and chew, like, <laughs> you know, chew gum and just talk, like be one of the boys. I know it's like ridiculous, but it's true. It's like, you know, you just want to like hang out and be in the dugout and like talk shop and like root for your team and like have this sort of like, you know, just be a ball player, you know, so like go back to the glory days in high school again. So I had that opportunity. It was so, it was so cool. It's so, fun. So speaking of high school. Market. All right, go for it, John. Jump in. I was gonna, yeah. I, I think we were gonna ask the same question. Yeah, yeah speaking of high school, Mark, yeah. uh, can you talk to us about your baseball upbringing and your background? Um, did you play growing up? Yeah, so what level I grew up you in, did? yeah, I grew up in Georgia. Um, everybody's playing baseball in Georgia or football. Um, and so I was scared to death actually playing baseball. I was, I was tiny and didn't want to get hit and kind of was like not mature enough to actually realize that I could be good and succeed at baseball. It was just like, that's what you're supposed to do. Um, but, um, then I got to high school and matured a little bit and then really found out that I could be a, I wasn't a power hitter or anything. I was still scrawny, but I could be a contact hitter. And so I, I actually did really well in high school, um, and thought I'd play college, but I didn't get to that level. Um, kind of got lazy and wasn't really a great student. But I grew up in Atlanta and in the 80s, uh, I'd go to Fulton County Stadium and watch the Braves every chance I got. Um, and what was happening with me is I was looking at like the uniforms and the cleats and the dirt and the grass and the stadiums and the smell, you know, like, um, like most of us did. Uh, and now, now looking back and thinking about those days, it's so nostalgic. So I wanted to kind of get back to those days. And obviously we can't get back to those days. And that's how collage baseball kind of came out of me is um, trying to get back to that, being a kid and playing in the yard and being your hero, you know, like you play baseball and you'd be, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. Or I'm Dale Murphy or I'm Bob Horner or I'm, you know, I'm Pete Rose and, and um, um, I realized I could do that by cutting up cards and putting them in um, photography books that had that landscape. There's specific photographers in the 70s that were taking um, large format cameras out into the terrain and even taking road trips and, and shooting these shots and then making these amazing books. So these guys are actually in like all the museums. They're like considered the titans of contemporary photography. So, um, and, and with my experience going to LA and getting into that field of, and that career of dealing with fine art, um, I had all of that accessible to me. Mm -hmm. I had all these books. And so I started to combine my love for baseball in, the, in those old days with, with putting them in these landscapes. And then that took me back to my backyard when I was a kid playing with my friends and being Dale Murphy. So it was like a natural, even though it was almost like an accident, it just like came to me like in a dream one night. Um, and then I did it and then, and then just took off with it. Um, it was, it was like going back to the days of like, I wouldn't come home until I had to, like, you know, the street lights would come on and then my mom would be yelling, come home. Cause I was just out playing in the, in the yard and the streets and people's, 
yards playing baseball and, uh, and, and just couldn't get enough. So I wanted to go back to those days. I mean, we all kind of want to go back to our childhood more or less. So um, that's sort of my upbringing. I don't know if I veered off from my, my upbringing. <laughs> it's all good. So we, we build this as basically it's a beer with friends and the conversation goes in whichever direction it goes, as long as we kind of touch on a few key points. So if we go off on a, on a beer, um, gosh, we went on a baseball card conversation for like 20 minutes with the third Dan and it was awesome. Oh, yeah. oh he's awesome. He's, he's hilarious. He, he was starting to message me a while ago about what, how am I cutting the cards? Yeah. He's like, I'm cutting these cards with exacto knives. And that's how I started doing it. Right. And it would take me like all night to cut a couple cards. Right. Okay. And then because I'm in the art world, he, uh, he said, he, um, uh, one of my colleagues said, how are you? Cause I was telling my colleagues about it. Oh, I'm doing these cards. He said, well, how are you cutting them? I said, exacto knife. And they literally pulled out a drawer and handed me these scissors. They're these Japanese scissors. Right, okay. Called Nevanon. And you can cut on a dime and crisp and clean and like oh. little, like surgically, these okay. scissors. Uh, so I, I went from like cutting a couple cards overnight with exacto, with exacto knife to like cutting 15 cards a night with those scissors. So I was like, oh, Dan. You gotta get these scissors. So <laughs> now he's like, he's like, he's <laughs> on it now. He's like making amazing work with all these, all the cards that he's doing. It's really cool to see. Yeah, no, I I caught a show with Blake Jameson, and they were talking about Exacto blades then. So I wonder if you had the conversation after that or not, like that there. And yeah, surprising. It wasn't too long ago, but I I'm glad to share any tricks of the trade because I I was like. My, you know, your hands are hurting cutting like with exacto knives, you know, yeah. and so it was like, what well, has got to be a better way? And so this awesome girl, uh, Amanda Gotch, um, I was working at the Lapis Press and she said, uh, in Culver City in LA, she said, you should be using these. So um, the, lap, the, the, the team at Lapis Press kind of steered me because they're, they're making art with artists. They're collaborating with artists. And so they have all these tools. And so they said, you, you should check out. You should check out this. So it it was amazing. It was like turned a corner. So, how long were you making cards by Exacto Blade before you found the scissors? Probably like half a year. Okay, so not too bad. So not like you went two or three years into it. What no, it was like I was like thinking. I was thinking there's got to be scissors. So that's why I went into work one day and talked to them about it because I because I know that they have all kinds. They have drawers of all kinds of special tools. It's like the place spares no expense to get the best stuff. So nice. I was like, hey, uh, I'm doing, and they're like, ah, check these out. And I was like, oh, that's, yeah, that's it. So uh, it's a place to uh, share what you're doing sometimes with the pros. And how did it go down saying that you were doing baseball card art? Uh, they thought it was cool, you know, like, you know, it was like, uh, oh, cool. They were like, do you ever make prints? We should make prints, you know? Um, and so they, they wanted to do, prints with me but they were really expensive even with my discount <laughs> <laughs> it was like and i don't do too many prints i think the whole thing for me is the original piece mm -hmm. um but on occasion you know i'm going through all these books and sometimes these books are uh you know hundred dollar books two hundred dollar books and i don't want to cut the page out right uh so occasionally i'll i'll have it scanned and make a print um but that opens up a can of worms for 
copyrights and all right that. and everything else yeah there, there, there we had a couple of meetings about that with tad about copyright and everyone had questions on what you could use and what you couldn't use and yeah it's still um unchartered like it's still a work in progress for me like if i, I was advertising that i was selling these mm -hmm. mlb could come and just close me down probably or franklin batting gloves or <laughs> nike or whoever you know like technically they could come around and just be like you know i'm not like a big big guy yet but um there could be some problems down the road with my work um and i did start i did start hashtagging the photographers right and then, and then it was a conflict of interest because i actually have worked with these photographers right okay i've made i've made them a considerable amount of money <laughs> um, but one guy said it's you know it's your business to cut your books up but don't use my work all right so okay then I started, so then i started going to some of the guys that i thought that that i knew were baseball fans and they're like yeah absolutely use my work right so it was a double-edged sword so i don't hashtag anybody's um photography i don't credit the the background image because it's just a it's just illegal mate. I don't hide it. Do Someone, if someone's like, who is that name? Because a lot of, you know, there's like some artistic people come around and be like, oh, that's a William Eggleston. Like, yeah, that's a, or, or they'll say, hey, is that so-and-so? And I'm like, yeah. And then I'll tell them where the image is from and what book and what date and where it is. And I was, I'm not, I don't want to hide anything, but it's not the point. The whole point of the project is to bring the sports world into the art world right. or with the sports world to think a little bit outside of the box and bring them into an artistic realm you know i want the guy that would usually buy the jersey to buy my an, an original collage baseball you know right yeah like something different but I, I, so you see that trend now i'm assuming you're following tops 2020 yeah yeah yeah, so I, I think I said, this is my jam. I love it. Like, I, I can't get enough of my cards there. So, but I think it was such a cool idea because, again, I, I think it was probably about two years ago, and it was Jimmy Parker's Beauty of a Game who said, um, baseball card as art. And it made me start thinking about that. And I started getting all my old cards and looking at them. And, like, you know what? They actually, there is a lot of artwork in this. But, you know, yeah. Before it was like, I'm just ripping packs, looking for my Consecos, Meguiars and all that. And now I'm looking at it and like, oh, actually the designs are actually really, really good. I just didn't really care about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing because I'll cut a player out of the card and then like, they'll just be like, there'll be like so many, like I have like a whole trove of this stuff, but there'll be so <laughs> many little things and logos and little like, little things that I'm like, oh, that's a cool, I got to use the Donruss logo. Oh, that's a cool little stripe. Oh, that's a cool little, oh, it's the old Texas Rangers logo. Like there's so much little things all over the, just this one card that I've just, you know, I want the player out of it. But then I go back and then I'll flip it over and look and then there's more numbers and it's yeah. like, it's insane how much art there is actually on just a baseball card. Yeah, but see, I, I think that's what I like about your work is like you always have the player in there, but you've also taken bits and pieces that and I can have a nice laugh and go, oh, that's the 86 dollars logo or something like that. You know, like, yeah. And it immediately goes to me, it's like, I recognize that. I totally know yeah, where yeah. it's from. And yeah, it's that nostalgia it. for me. That's awesome. I love it that you that you can that you pick up the little things because, you know, we're, we're mostly looking at the images that, you know, they're like, they're this big, right? Because we're on our phone. 
So a lot of the times when I post something, I'll, I'll zero in on little details that you might miss and put it in the story because adding the little logo on a tree or a facade of a building creates so much depth to it. So I just can't get enough of it. It's so cool that it's like, and then it, it turns into my own fantasy world of like walking down the street and seeing like what you would want to see. Like, mm -hmm. like, you know, there's not a lot of baseball card shops left. So like seeing like, like an 86 Donruss logo on a facade of a, of a shop, you know, and stuff like that is I love. So I just, I try, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's like, this is way too much. Like it's like kind of killing it. Wow. Uh, I, I like to try to keep some composition and perspective and kind of let focus be on the player or stuff. So I have to really hold back because I want to just pepper all kinds of logos and stuff everywhere. Yeah. So I have to kind of like rain, rain it back. Do you start off by collecting the items that are going to be in the image, or do you build it as you go along? Uh, you know, do you start off a card with an image in mind after doing your kind of homework, or do you start it first and then start adding as you go? I think I think it's afterwards. It's like I don't really think about. Yeah, it's all just the player, and then you know, it's putting the player in that spot that I think would be awesome with this car, this building or this street or whatever. And then I'll look at the card and I want it to be relative to, to using just one card for that image. So you have like the top logo from that card and you have this little logo from that card. Sometimes I branch out and, and I mean, this is how ridiculous I am. I have a box of clippings of logos and stuff from cards. So if I need a Rangers logo, I will actually go into the box and like look for that logo. But most of the time I'm trying to use just one cards as the resource for that. But then sometimes like just one little, just Nolan Ryan and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Just Nolan Ryan awesome. on the street and that's it, right? So you know, I want to put like the Houston Astros on the building and, uh, and all that stuff. But like the simplicity of just putting him in that little shadow to have like the natural shadow is, is like, you know, kind of the crux of the whole thing is just simplicity as well. So it's awesome. Like I said, that's an awesome move. Have you ever thought about sending it to Nolan Ryan to get a sign before you get back? Yeah, I've thought about doing all kinds of stuff. I have a long, <laughs> I have a laundry list of things. I have like at this point, I have like a bucket list for the project because I, yeah. I want all the players to know about it. I want to get them into like CEOs' offices at the stadium. You know, all, I just don't have enough time. You know, I'm like trying to you know do other things to to put food on the table. Exactly. <laughs> but I mean, that's what's really cool about this project is. Uh, most of the people, it's their side hustle. And it's just like, if I got paid doing this full time, I would do this full time, no no problem. But you know, it's like, yeah. you can only do so much when you're, you know, nine Sometimes. to five and all that, so. Yeah, at some point I, I think I will be, but uh, you know, I, I want everyone to have a piece of it, you know, and I try to work with people. But at this point, my time is so valuable that I can't like just make an image and then charge somebody 30 bucks for it. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, a lot of people online are like shocked when I tell them that it's, you know, three, four hundred dollars. Yeah. 
because it's the, you know it's the book and it's all kinds of stuff um so i try to make it a, a, as accessible as possible and that's where sometimes maybe prints come in but prints flatten the image right. when you have the card when you have the card glued in there and then you have the little knickknacks glued in there's such an amazing depth and 3d feel to it mm -hmm. um and the scale it's just it's really cool you want to just get inside of it so a print i've done some prints because people want larger works too you know yeah um um the prints are actually more work than because i make the original and the original's done right I make a print I get, i've made the original and then i gotta go scan it and i'm still working with printers in los angeles so i'm Gosh. shipping it to la so it's like you know i can't charge enough for a print so it's it's hard it's so. tough like i said it's i've talked to a couple artists off camera and they're like how much do i charge for my work because like i know what i can get i know it's accessible and it's finding that happy medium between that and that's tough because you know you value your own work you know the time and effort that goes into it to get that final product and I think you know, from the consumer side, you see it and go, oh, it's pretty cool. You took some scissors and cut them cards up that, that took them a half an hour. And realistically, that's not the truth. Right, right. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a labor of love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel you, man. I totally feel you. Uh, so obviously uh, Murph's your favorite player. You got the big poster of Murph in the background. Yeah, I mean, he was like, that's just more, more of it, more than just Murph, it was like just Nike, came out with these posters and they had like these titles like power alley and all this like hit and run and bash brothers and all that stuff and this poster kind of like was distilled in me and i kind of like it morphed like the project this is part of the crux of the project too is that fantasy murphy's in the in an alley and he's right. in its power alley yeah. so that's like something i would do right i would put like yeah. now and say power up so like that this po this poster he was my favorite player though growing up as a kid and then it was uh chipper well yeah um, you had a natural transition you had murph all through the 80s yeah. and then you had chipper yeah. in the 90s chipper. you know yeah i know people didn't like chipper but um and then maddox you know but um yeah the po like the these posters kind of are a big part of the of where I'm coming from with the project as well. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, you look back at it and you go, okay, you had like the Costco brothers who were doing all those silly posters of everyone back in the day, but those were a lot of fun. And yeah. the way they exposed people to go, actually, that's actually artistic, but you're having fun with it. And, and guys were like, oh, great. I just want the poster because it's got Conseco McGuire, the Bash Brothers on it all there. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, I'm trying to think who's there. I had so many posters, you know, I wish I had them all. <laughs> I know, me too. I think I threw them all out. Like, oh, I'm gonna go to college. Yeah, right. I'm not, I'm not gonna need this in college. I had this isn't even my childhood poster. I brought I bought this off of eBay years ago, and I must have paid like probably like close to 100 bucks for it. And yep. this was like this was like 10 years ago. I bought this or more. Yeah. And now I went back and looked at it because this is getting dinged up and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get a fresh one. They're like 500 dollars now. What? No way. Yeah, or if you can find them, if you can even find them. So as the world turns, these these relics get more and more expensive. So I wish I held on to all that. Uh, yeah, it, it's a tough one. Like I said, like I, I think of all the stuff I threw out. It was like that. The only thing I brought, actually still have is my baseball cards collection, and I'm slowly getting it shipped over here. And it's but it's all from like late '80s, early '90s. They're absolutely worthless. <laughs> I know. 
you've seen that Netflix movie, right? Of the <laughs> the. I know you're talking about. No, it's not, we can't get it out here. It's uh, it's not uh, European uh, distribution rights aren't out here yet, so we can't see it. Oh, oh Jack of all trades. That's what. Yeah, it is, yeah. Jack of all trades. No, because I, 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 as soon as I saw that on Instagram, I was like, "This looks awesome." I saw your, your trailer. Definitely want to see it. Are you gonna show it in UK, Europe? And like, we'll try to get rights for you. Uh, That's a bummer. So, no, no luck yet. This kid basically lived it. His dad had a shop. And, um, you know, I, I, I won't ruin it for you, but it was basically like this kid lived that he was, his dad owned a shop in the eighties and nineties. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was pretty, it's a pretty cool, cool movie to see, uh, from his perspective. Right. Okay. Pretty, yeah. Did you collect much cards as a kid then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I still have a box of my, you know, my best, but like you said, like, they're not worth that much, you know. No. So I have like I have like you know some Ripken, Gwyn rookies and stuff like that. Um, got some like earlier cards like Koufax and Yastrzemski, but nothing major. Nothing. Like I thought at one point I was like I'm gonna send my kid to college with my baseball. <laughs> yeah, we all did that. <laughs> no, you're not because that that the Jack of All Trades that movie on Netflix it goes through that Ken Griffey Jr. upper deck card. Yeah where it was the golden ticket but then upper deck got greedy yeah and started yeah. making a lot of them yeah i know i didn't realize this i mean i i was telling pete yesterday about that and he's like i have no idea it's like because we were talking about going to the card shop and i was the one that put him on the baseball cards and, and we were talking about how we just spent you know hundreds of dollars trying to get a kangaroo junior upper deck card because we were in seattle you know it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, we, yeah we gotta get a card <laughs> yeah that was the card that was the holy grail of our time you know and then uh, was it? I joined a couple of baseball card groups because I'm trying to help out my buddy start his shop up. And apparently, if you can get a sealed box, if you open like the upper right third or fourth pack, that's where the Griffey sits. Right. Yeah. yeah. But a sealed box is like 300 bucks now, and I'm like, nah, I don't want a Griffey that bad. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the good old days. Yeah, that was fun. Cool. So what do you got in store for uh, the fundraiser? You got a couple of pieces you're selling, something you've already done. Are you working on something? Um, I have a few things. I have like a Ricky Henderson I'm working on. Cool. Um, I want to do a Hank Aaron. I want to do some like earlier players. Yeah, I got a few cool things that are going to post soon and then be available. I'll probably change the format a little bit like, uh with like actually showing like on my story the size and stuff and saying it's this much and then so i can raise funds for the for the museum in kansas city um so yeah yeah i'm excited to bust some new work out specifically to get sold and put you know in the in the hands of some some lucky people i, I think it's be good i think it's gonna really open up uh, a lot of markets for most of you guys out here and you know, hit an audience you normally don't get a hit and... yeah cool yeah i'm excited yeah we i needed something like this because it was kind of just i kind of i'm on a track of like monday wednesday friday but then also it's like okay i have time okay let's go okay i have time okay let's go oh, i don't have any time it's like it's kind of like it's unpredictable for me and then i have a list of like i have a list of like 300 titles 
Oh, okay, right. This <laughs> <laughs> is you just got a giant wa whiteboard back there, don't you? You just keep it, adding to it, adding to it. <laughs> it's just like, uh, and then you know, I want to stay current. So, depending on what's going on, you know, in baseball or or current events or whatever, I try to like make a comment on it through my posts. But uh, I kind of needed some an excuse to like kind of get focused on something. So this this is a good time for for me to be able to focus on some some work specifically to be sold for a good cause. Yeah. Yeah. So thank so, you. So um, we are going to open up a pack of cards shortly, Jason. But uh, before we do, one thing I like to ask all of our interviewees is, uh, as an American, as an artist, and as a baseball fan, what do the Negro Leagues mean to you? And uh, how did you come to be involved with the fundraiser? Um, the Negro Leagues, what they mean to me is that they were not given enough notoriety. They weren't given enough credit. All you hear is Jackie Robinson. So um, this is going to be a learning experience for me to really understand who Ku Papa Bell was or Satchel Paige or some of these other guys that that have gone overlooked. I saw so many posts recently, I think that's involved in this, say, you know, um, kids, white kids know who uh, Babe Ruth are and automatically, but they don't know who like cool, cool Papa Bell is, right? So, um, or black kids don't know who cool Papa Bell is, right? So, so I think it's gonna be educational for me. I think, um, to understand really how good these players were is really important um, because these guys are these guys were pioneers of the game and because of the issues that we have in the world and in America um, things just kind of get overlooked and it's just because of an habitual view and perspective on race which is just it's it's mind blowing that's what's 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 happened with civil rights and even now it's I can't believe that we still have an issue so it's sad so I'm really happy to be part of this because it's going to educate me and it's going to help me to promote uh, my perspective that I'll learn from and to promote these specific players I want to do I'm like shopping for these cards now for cool Papa Bell cards and Satchel Page and all these other players that I need to know about yeah. So, and then I got, I got hooked up with, uh, because of Jason, I believe, uh, being in this community on Instagram, there's all these amazing artists, like I was saying earlier, that um, I kind of feel like we're all sort of like in this own, we're in our own like little community and movement. And now we have a chance to really kind of get it out there for an amazing cause for the Negro League Museum in Kansas City. So um, I'm super happy about it. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, that was awesome. I said, we, I've been chatting to Tad pretty much every night and every morning. <laughs> and, and, and we're really excited how things are going and how it's slowly growing, you know, and it's picking up steam here and there. And, you know, just to say, you know, if it works this year, then we can do it next year and fix something yeah, up there. And I think that's yeah. such a yeah. great idea there. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah. You guys are amazing to, to take this on and to get this going. It's really incredible and I'm really appreciative of it. So awesome. That's uh, Tad. Tad's doing all the hard work. We're doing the fun stuff. We get to chat yeah. with people and open up baseball cards. He's got to spend you know, eight hours on the phone kind of convince people to give him money. I don't know money. how Tad does it, man. He's like all over it with the emails and the documents and the Google Drives and the, it's just insane. <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he's doing. I said we. It's funny because I'm usually up till about two o'clock in the morning before I probably fall asleep. So we'll be trading messages till like one o'clock in the morning, and then I'll get up at seven because my daughters wake me up, and I'll be starting messaging him, and we'll trade messages till about nine o'clock in the morning here, which is one o'clock West Coast time. Right. Uh, are you getting any sleep? No, nah, no. Nah, you get any sleep? No. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like all we'll right, man. Only two and a half weeks to go. <laughs> yeah, we'll get sleep in November, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah, this project has been really great for me. It's just a random Scottish guy who does a Scottish baseball podcast and get to speak to all these amazing artists and oh, learn cool. so much yeah. about the uh, Negro as well and these artists and what they do. It's something yeah. I would never have really considered or even had oh, the cool. opportunity to know about. Or yeah. just, you know, to have my eyes open to this whole other aspect of baseball and learn right. more about the game as, I, as we go along doing this. It's just yeah. been great so far and I can't wait to continue. Awesome. Yeah. I want to check out the podcast. I'm super excited about you guys' podcast. I'm glad you guys are doing it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Awesome. I mean, me and John met on the field I and mean, we've had a friendship since then. So, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Well, count me in if you ever need a special guest or just a guest. Yeah, we will probably do something like that coming in the off season. We're trying to do something like that cool. and do more of a thing on there. And this one was kind of like, we were a chat with Tad and like we podcast. We're, we're not huge, but we, we were happy to take everyone on. And, yeah. and like I said, like every morning, I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. But I was like, I had such a good time talking. I mean, we, right. Me and John spent like a good hour afterwards after talking to everybody and still talking about it. that yeah. was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't been able to really like, I love to talk about this project because it's a super interesting thing and I always learn different. I've surprised myself. And so I'm super happy to be able to talk about it, you know, talk about myself for, for a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, so but I love your work. Like I said, the work's awesome. So uh, before, oh, yeah. All right. So I've got 89 donors. Woohoo! I've got 1990 score. Nice. 91 stadium club. Ooh, I love stadium club. <laughs> 92 donors. Oh, I don't recognize and, it. And uh, 93 Studio. Studio. Stu stu studio. They're all like, that's all like the black <laughs> portraits, right? So the, I, I have, okay, hold on. I got two They're studios. Like this. This, this one's color. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So we, I pulled this one with Tad. Okay, I got to see where it is. Hold on. It, it's the best card from the set. So we pulled the Steve Lake card. <laughs> that's hilarious so so yeah so we pulled that one there so that's 91 studio which i can get you a pack of 91 studio if you want 91 studio but the 93 is in color so oh okay i didn't know that I, I you know what i never bought any studio this is the same time i was 16 and had a girlfriend so i wasn't spending money on baseball cards yeah, so. no, you no you weren't yeah all right which one do you want to open um Let's do the color studio. Okay, cool. So let's see who we get here. It's not it's not quite as bad as the ninety one, but ninety one's all right. Oh gosh, okay. Let's see, all right, we'll start. We'll go backwards here. Yeah, Ken Caminiti. Ooh, there you go. Is that autographed? No, they're all. It's like the fake autograph. Although it's, right. I, I wish. Yeah, it's. Let's see here we go. That's cool. Caminiti deceased, right? Yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Gosh, what was it? Mid two thousands or something like that. Yeah, a while ago now. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot get enough of like that Marlins teal. I know, I know. So good. They can't decide on a color or a name or <laughs> they keep changing all the time. I can't wait to see a game there. Now that I'm here, I'm going to go see the Braves every time they come down there. How, how far of a drive is it to Marlins Stadium? Hour. Oh, that's not bad at all. No. Nah. No, that's a, and, and there's plenty of tickets. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> I do yeah, it. Those guys have got Derry Jeter. They'll talk it around. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here you go. This is kind of fun, but Kirk Gibson with the bill oh, flipped nice. up. The, the bill flipped up. Yeah. I like that. The big okay. So th this guy's popped up a few times in our, our picks. John Burkett. Oh, dude, that's the guy. He was, oh, no, that was Drevecki. Okay, never mind. No, yeah, Drevecki was blew his arm up, but Burkett was uh, guy. He played for the Braves, didn't he? Burkett, he yeah, yeah. Every time we, every Go time we it, see John Burkett in a car, Jason, he's got a different uniform on. <laughs> <laughs> he went around. How yeah. many teams did that guy play for? He probably. I remember him with the Red Sox. Yeah, he's probably played. He he was a journeyman after a while. He was he he probably played for like ten teams. But see, the only reason I remember John Burkett is because he was a bowler. So on his off days, he would do bowling. Oh, really? Yeah, that was his thing. Oh. He, was, he was like a like a really good bowler. And so that was how he kept his arm in shape in the off season and between games. was He'd just go bowl like 10 games in a row or something like that. that makes <laughs> That's something that a pitcher would not get away with these days. Well, Mookie bowls. Yeah, it says in the back of his card, might have been a pro bowler if he hadn't been an athlete. So I don't know if this is about bowling. <laughs> yes, this on the bowling world there, huh? Yeah. Uh, all right, here you go. You recognize this. He's basketball player of all time. Bill Murray is a good bowler. What's Julio that? Julio Franco. Franco. I like how it just says Tex. Yeah, it's, I think it's just the part of the jersey <laughs> that I got there. Yeah, it's just cropped. He had like one of the coolest stances. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was the big arm up there. Yeah. He played forever. He was uh, on the Braves when he was like 45 or something. I think so he's come up in one of my uh, this day in baseball. I think he had like the oldest home run at 47 or something yeah. like that. I, yeah. I remember seeing that there and uh, going, he damn. Was, yeah, he, he was around was, a long he, time. Yeah. It's crazy to think he must be like 67 by now. Yeah. Thinking about it, he must be about 67 years old. No, he's probably in his 70s now. Hold on. Quite possibly. He's probably still playing somewhere. <laughs> he's born in 61, so he's 69. Oof. There you go. Roberto Alomar. Oh, yeah, that guy. He's good. Oh. Okay. The Alomars, big family, big baseball family. You know, Jason, for the first time, this is mostly all players that I've heard of. Right. <laughs> these guys must have all, these guys have all still been playing when I started watching in the early 2000s and the kind of the games that I played from back in the late 90s. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't you just try to play as long as you possibly can? It's like, it's like, it's like being a kid. So you got Scott Sanderson, but I like the logo here. That, that's the cool part. I really wish the yeah. angels would go back to that, that one. Halo. Oh, the, the old California angels. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Greg Gagne? I don't remember him playing for the Royals, but I don't know. Oh, wow. That. Yeah, he was a twin forever. Greg? Yeah, that's Greg who Gagne? Is he not a wrestler? I don't know. <laughs> You're the wrestler out here, John. You know that stuff. 
Chief oh, Jay Bell. He's a baller. He was a baseballer. Yeah. Uh, might have been an Air Force pilot if he hadn't been an athlete. That's wow. All right, here we go. We got Second Nails. Day. Oh, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised there's not like a big wad of chew, you know, and yeah. spit stink on the front. <laughs> that guy kind of just like lost it. Yeah, it's a, it's a surprise he has the handcuffs. Yeah, that's too bad, man. <laughs> oh, right. He's so, had these demons, his lady. Chad Curtis. And Chad Curtis, former Yankee. And so apparently he would be in plastic technology instructor if he hadn't been an athlete. Technology <laughs> instructor. I don't know what that is. What, what is a plastic technology <laughs> instructor? That's what it says. That's very vague. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, his hobbies include weightlifting and Super Nintendo. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. Last like, card. Yeah, those those snakes. Those snakes controls are quite heavy. We got Sandy Alvaro. Both of them. Yeah. Oh. Chief Wahoo. Yeah, exactly. So uh, his hobbies are music and removal. May he rest in cards. peace. <laughs> oh, is he, he? Did he die? Oh, Chief Wahoo. Oh yeah, no, no, Sandy Alomar, the chief. I was like, Sandy Alomar died too. Oh dear. I hope he hasn't. May he rest in peace. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Mark, where can everyone find your information? Where, where can they find you at? Was well, here's your chance to give yourself a plug. Basically on Instagram, that's the main vein. There's a there's a Twitter account that exists and uh, on Facebook, but Instagram's the main vein where uh, most of the action occurs, where you will laugh your butt off. And cool. you and you will not get it excellent you get enough. You'll anxiously await the next post on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I love your work. It's been Thank absolutely you. brilliant to have you on. Uh, we'll we'll definitely catch up. It's been awesome talking to you, Mark. You too, John. Thanks so much. I really appreciate you guys. It's been a lot sure. of fun. Cool, man. All right, have a good one, Mark. I'd say right, thanks, right. It's okay. Here. Good night. Good night. Take care. Good night. See you in the afternoon. All right. Bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.